To me, work-life balance is having the flexibility to fluctuate between the different aspects of my life based on whatever season I'm in. I think that work-life balance is a little both. It ebbs and flows with seasons of business. Work-life balance means being present in either place. So if I'm working, I want to be fully there. Work-life balance is about being able to leave all my work at five and not let the daily emails, projects, and due dates command my attention. The big thing that I've learned with work-life balance is that, that you need to be kind enough to yourself in order to let your ambition take a backseat to reality at times. If, if our definition of work-life balance is perfect, where everything it always goes according to plan and we all feel relaxed and happy, that's not reality. It's not something that you can be perfect at. You can make all the plans and you can have all the goals, but sometimes it's just not going to get done. I don't believe that work-life balance exists. And I also don't think that it's desirable or that it's something to strive for. I think that you can have work-life balance. You just have to learn how to separate the two. I don't really believe in work-life balance because for me personally, I think that my family is always gonna take precedence over work. I do think that it exists. I just don't think that it's perfect and I think it looks different for everybody. I don't seek work-life balance. I try to seek that work-life integration. So yes, I think you can have work-life balance and it is very important to me. Hey friend, and welcome to episode 91 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire women seeking better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Gornick, and there are a lot of thoughts, feelings, and beliefs around the topic of today's episode, work-life balance. Is it even real? Should we be striving for it? What does it even mean? I feel like every time I turn around lately, I'm seeing an article with tips for better work-life balance, or I'm hearing a speaker on stage saying that work-life balance isn't a real thing. Well, which is it? So today, I'm diving into why this is a conversation worth having. I'll go all the way back to the origin of work-life balance, We'll look at how different generations interpret work-life balance. And finally, we'll break it down piece by piece to get to the bottom of this. And because I know you're probably making the most of your time and listening in the car while you're running errands or doing stuff around the house, it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes. But don't worry, I've got you covered. You can find all the details from this episode over in the show notes. Today's show notes can be found at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 91. And regardless of whether you believe work-life balance is real or fake, fact or fiction, there's one thing we all can agree on. The laundry just never seems to end. It's like bottomless chips and salsa at a Mexican restaurant. Like, do they run out or do I just die? Like, how does this work? When it feels like the laundry basket is bottomless and you just need a break, you're going to want to have hamper in your corner. Okay, so what's hamper? Hamper is basically my new secret weapon for getting my time back on the weekends. It's a laundry service that picks up your laundry, washes it for you, brings it back to your door, perfectly folded and ready for you to put away. 
They use fragrance-free, chemical-free, and sensitive skin-approved drops detergent so you know it's eco-friendly and safe for the most sensitive skin. Download the Hamper app, that's H-A-M-P-R, over in the App Store, or go to tryhamper.com to see if Hamper is available in your area. All you have to do to get started with Hamper is create a membership, schedule a pickup, and then sit back and relax while you do your laundry without actually doing your laundry. It's been a total game changer in our house, especially now that we're a family of four. And when you sign up for Hamper using the code ABOUTTIME50, you can save 50% on your membership. So one more time, that's Hamper, H-A-M-P-R. The app is available over in the App Store or go to tryhamper.com. Use the code ABOUTTIME50 to save 50% on your membership and take back hours of your life. And if you're curious about Hamper or you have questions about how we do it over at my house, send me a DM on Instagram and I would be happy to tell you all about it. All right, it's about time we get started. So let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Kornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Kornick. It's early morning, late May, 1953. Two men, Sir Edmund Hillary from New Zealand and Tenzing Norgay, a Sherpa born in India, set out to do what no man had ever done before and what many men had lost their lives attempting. Hillary and Norgay suited up and made their way to the top of the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. Pushing their way through the icy, uncharted terrain, they arrived at the top of Everest's 29,035-foot summit at 11.30 a.m. on May 29th, and they made history. At that point, many climbers before them had tried to reach the mountaintop, the first attempt being 32 years earlier in 1921. And as you can imagine, a lot changed in those 32 years. Most notably, technology. Hillary and Norgay's 11-man climbing team was outfitted with insulated boots and clothing, radio equipment, and oxygen systems that made navigating the high altitudes and rocky terrain just a little more possible than in the past. But despite the advances in technology, Hillary and Norgay had to forge a new passage. They had to take steps that no one had ever taken and traverse a path that no one else had ever cleared in order to make it to the top. Since that historic day, May 29th, which by the way is my birthday, more than 4,000 climbers have reached the top of Mount Everest. So what does this have to do with work-life balance and whether work-life balance is a thing? Trust me, it does. But we're going to come back to that in a bit. 
I think we can all agree that the quest for work-life balance can feel like climbing a mountain sometimes. It's rocky. Sometimes it's hard to breathe. It's a lot of work. And it feels like we have to carry a ton of baggage with us along the way. And if we make a wrong move, the slightest misstep, everything could come crashing down. But this episode isn't meant to debate whether or not work-life balance is hard. It's to tackle the existence of work-life balance itself. Is it real? Is it something we should strive for? Is it a fool's errand? Is it a concept sold to us by self-help gurus so we'll buy their latest book, take their course, drink their fitness tea, buy tickets to their retreat, or invest in whatever it is they're selling us? And then lately, it feels like I can't open a magazine or listen to a motivational speaker without reading or hearing work-life balance, it's not real. Well, is it real or is it not? Fact or fiction, work-life balance, why does this matter and why is it worth talking about? From my perspective as a time management coach and someone who is constantly digging into the topics of productivity, self-care, personal development, and career success, this is why. Our beliefs about work-life balance shape our attitudes and our efforts toward how we manage our time and what we believe is possible. I'm going to say that one more time. Our beliefs about work-life balance shape our attitudes and our efforts toward how we manage our time and what we believe is possible. So if we believe it's real, that affects how we show up. If we believe it's not real, that also affects how we show up. But first, we kicked off this episode at the top of Mount Everest in the 1950s. Let's fast forward just a bit to the United Kingdom in the 1980s, to the moment in history where the concept of work-life balance was born. I believe that in order to understand, well, anything, it's important to understand the origin story. Where did it all begin and why? The term work-life balance first appeared in the UK as an issue in the women's liberation movement. In a nutshell, this movement advocated a flexible working schedule and maternity leave for women. At the time, the dominating societal belief was that women were expected to have a career and continue to be the primary manager of the family and home. You've probably heard this expectation called the invisible load, emotional labor, or the mental load. I should probably do an entire episode just on this topic, but it's basically all of the little and big things that typically fall on the woman in a male-female relationship. Things like the cooking, the cleaning, being the primary caregiver for the children, and on and on and on. Because of this responsibility at home and the responsibilities associated with having a career, Women were being pulled in multiple directions more than ever before, and the concept of work-life balance was born from there. And honestly, this expectation that women have a career and be the primary manager of the home doesn't seem all that different from our experience now in 2021. 
The U.S. continues to be the only wealthy nation offering no national paid parental leave. COVID-19 has driven millions of women out of the workforce. And to quote an article from Fortune magazine, one of the main drivers of this disparity is the increased burden of unpaid care. Shopping, cooking, cleaning, taking care of kids and parents in the household, which is disproportionately carried by women. Just like technology advanced between the initial climbing attempt at Mount Everest in 1921 and the eventual success in 1953, the way that work-life balance is interpreted has changed as decades have passed with different generations bringing different perspectives and experiences to the concept. So let's take a broad strokes look at how baby boomers, Gen X, and millennials look at work-life balance. For many baby boomers, now remember, this is many, not all. For many baby boomers, work-life balance just isn't that important. Right now, baby boomers are either retiring or they're holding senior high-level positions. They worked long hours, often at the same company for decades, in order to build success so that they could enjoy life during retirement. For them, putting in long hours and hard work was synonymous with success. And they're more likely to say that your job isn't meant to be enjoyed. It's meant for earning money and taking care of your family. Here's an actual piece of career advice that was once given to me by a baby boomer. You're not supposed to like your job. You're supposed to put your head down, do the work, and enjoy your life on the evenings and weekends. Gen Xers, those born between 1965 and 1980, have a slightly different perspective. They saw their parents, the baby boomers, work their butts off and make huge sacrifices, some never living long enough to enjoy the fruits of their labor. And as a result, Gen Xers prioritize family and experiences more than the generation that came before them. And then there are millennials who are more lifestyle-focused than the generations before them. Millennials are more educated and therefore have more student loan debt and all that goes with that burden. They're getting married later and having kids later, so the household management responsibilities look different for this generation than it did for their parents or for their older cousins, the Gen Xers. But the biggest difference is that millennials tend to look for careers or professional opportunities that align with their values or beliefs. In other words, they want to like their jobs and believe in what they're doing because they don't see work and life as being separate. For millennials, life and work kind of blends together for them instead of being separate columns on a spreadsheet. Oh, and Gen Z is just beginning to enter the workforce, but it appears that they have an even deeper desire than millennials for their work to really matter. According to a study by Dynamic Signal, Gen Z wants a sense of community, and when choosing an employer, they care more about work-life balance and personal well-being than income and brand reputation. So we've identified the origin of work-life balance and the differences across generations. Now let's break this down word by word. Work, life, and balance. 
You might have noticed that It's About Time is a podcast about work, life, and balance, not a podcast about work-life balance. And there's a reason for that. Just like you, I've questioned whether work-life balance is real or whether it's something that's worth pursuing. Just like you, I'm always learning and continuing to shape and refine my thoughts on work-life balance. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. When I dreamed up the concept for this podcast that's about to hit 100 episodes, I knew that I wanted to create a space for us to explore and be inspired by different ways of doing work, of doing life, and finding your own version of balance. So let's break it down. Work, life, and balance. Starting with work. This one's the most straightforward. Work when it comes to work-life balance, is typically defined as time spent working, whether that's during official working hours, if you have them, or time spent working outside of work hours, those overtime hours, whether they're paid or unpaid. Now, let's look at life. There seem to be two schools of thought here. On one hand, some people consider life in the work-life balance equation to mean time spent not working their personal life, time doing family things, hobbies, just being. And based on what we know now about the origin of work-life balance back in the 80s as part of the women's liberation movement, I think this is what they intended. I think that the life in work-life balance 
meant time spent not working. It was meant to describe time spent managing the household. And then others treat the word life a little more holistically, as in life equals their whole life, work included. And since you can't balance a piece of something with the whole that it's a part of, those that use the holistic definition of life are more likely to say that work-life balance isn't real or that it's impossible. And I get that perspective. I mean, imagine a piece of pie. What's your favorite pie? Mine is lemon meringue. My grandmother, Norma Maxine Albritton Dearman, used to make the best lemon meringue pie. The meringues were so fluffy and sweet, and the lemon filling was just the perfect amount of sweet and tart. And my mouth is seriously watering just thinking about it. Anyway, so imagine a piece of lemon meringue pie, just a piece. And then imagine a whole lemon meringue pie one on each side of a balance scale. You just can't balance a piece of pie and a whole pie. It doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. You can't balance a piece of something with the whole that it's a part of. Which brings us to the last word in work-life balance. Balance. Balance, as a noun, has two definitions. First, An even distribution of weight, enabling someone or something to remain upright and steady. Okay, so that's physical balance, not quite what we need here. And here's the second definition. A condition in which different elements are equal or in the correct proportions. One more time. A condition in which elements are equal or in the correct proportions. It's those last four words for me, in the correct proportions. Work-life balance earns a lot of detractors when people see balance and think equal. How can work and life be equal when work is a part of life? Or my work will never be equal to my life because my family will always come first. Absolutely. I hear you big time. So what's the truth about work-life balance? Remember what I said at the beginning of this episode. Our beliefs about work-life balance shape our attitudes and our efforts toward how we manage our time and what we believe is possible. So let's look at our options. Let's say work-life balance is real. What does that mean? And how could it shape our attitudes and efforts? Well, it could mean a lot of things, but here are a few that come to mind. You might believe that work-life balance is a thing, but if you're not perfectly balanced, which let's be honest, none of us are, then you're failing. And side note, y'all, everything in life doesn't have to be so pass-fail. Not being perfect at something doesn't make you a failure. It makes you human. You might feel like work-life balance is real and that other people have it, but it's unattainable for you because you haven't figured it out yet. You might believe that it's real and that you've unlocked the right combination for you and your family by having a clear vision, operating from your values, setting goals, and having clear boundaries. You might believe work-life balance is real, but you don't see what all the fuss is about. It's not something you really care about. And 
You might believe that work-life balance is real and you know when you've got it, you know when you don't, and you know what to do to swing things back into equilibrium when you need to. So on the other side, let's say that work-life balance isn't real. What might that look like? Well, you might believe that work-life balance isn't a real thing and that relieves your pressure to try and achieve it. It gives you permission to just be overwhelmed and to be okay with the overwhelm. You might believe that work-life balance isn't real. So why should I try to change anything that I'm doing? Work-life balance isn't real. So I'm just going to keep being a hot mess. You might believe that work-life balance is fake. So there's nothing wrong with being a workaholic because balance is impossible. You might believe that work-life balance is impossible because you can't balance a part with its whole, so just do what feels right. You might believe that work-life balance isn't real, so instead, you decide to choose your own adventure. You go in search of work-life integration, work-life flexibility, work-life harmony, or any other descriptor that feels right to you, but you just know that work-life balance isn't the right fit for you. Our beliefs about work-life balance shape our attitudes and our efforts toward how we manage our time and what we believe it's possible. If you believe it's real, that will affect how you show up. If you believe it's not real, that will also affect how you show up and the decisions you make. So here it is. Here's the truth about work-life balance. Is work-life balance a real thing? Yes. Work-life balance is a real thing in that it's a real concept. It's an idea. But just because something is an idea doesn't make it a fact. But it doesn't make it fiction either. It's like democracy. Just because China doesn't have a democracy doesn't mean democracy isn't real. Not only that, every state government in the United States is democratic but they all operate a little differently. Some states even call themselves commonwealths. But just because they're all a little different doesn't mean there's no such thing as democracy. It comes down to this. Are you ready? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if work-life balance is real or fake. Were you expecting that? It doesn't matter whether it's real or fake or fact or fiction or blue or purple or anything. Whether you believe it is or it isn't, what actually matters is that you have a clear vision of what you want your life to look like. Let's stop debating whether or not work-life balance is real and instead focus on designing a life we love. What does your ideal life look like? When you imagine standing at the top of a mountain and looking down at your life and all that you've done, all that you've experienced, what is it that you want to look back on? What do you want to remember? What do you want to be proud of? And what stories do you want to tell? So let's go back to Mount Everest real quick. In order for Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay to reach the peak of Mount Everest, They had to believe that it was possible. They had to believe that there was a way to the top. 
and then they had to blaze their own trail to get there. They had to take steps no one had ever taken. They had to do it their way. And then, once they did it, once they charted the path to the top, they were proof to everyone that it could be done. But to me, even cooler than proving what was possible, since that day in May, that they, the two of them, that they stood on top of the world, the path to the top has not been the same for everyone who's come behind them. There's more than one way to get up the mountain. There's more than one way to get up the mountain. There's more than one way to skin a cat. (laughs) There's more than one way to solve for X. And there's more than one way to approach work-life balance. You get to decide whether or not you believe in work-life balance. And you get to decide how you show up as a result. But when you decide, know that it's your personal decision. If you decide that you believe work-life balance is a thing and it's a thing that can be attained, but your best friend doesn't agree, cool. Our differences are what make the world go round. If you've ever heard of Clifton Strengths or Strengths Finder, it's a personality assessment that identifies your top strengths, your gifts, and ranks them from 1 to 5 or 1 to 34 if you go all out. One of my top five strengths. One of the strengths in my top five is called individualistic. So that means that I'm intrigued with the unique qualities of each person and that I have a gift for figuring out how different people can work together productively. I love figuring out what makes people tick and how they can harness their personality and their unique gifts to achieve their goals and design a life they love. And if you've never taken this assessment to learn your strengths, I highly recommend it. So I'll link it in the show notes so you can check it out. But that strength being individualistic is one of the reasons why I believe so wholeheartedly that work-life balance means something different to everyone. And that our idea of work-life balance is allowed to change and evolve over time as the world changes and as we change. So next time someone says, I really need to work on my work-life balance, you might say, cool, how can I support you? Instead of work-life balance isn't a thing. Or next time you hear someone say, I don't believe in work-life balance, You could say, awesome. So what do you aim for? Tell me more. There's no right or wrong here. Just different opinions about a concept. You get to choose your own adventure here. What does work-life balance mean to you? Because you get to decide and only you can decide for yourself. Most people will never stop to take the time and create the space to answer that question. But I know that you are not most people. Whether you believe in work-life balance or you don't, I challenge you to, in the next week, set aside time, just 15, maybe 30 minutes, put it on your calendar to think about your vision for the future. What do you want life to look like in five years, 10 years, and 
write it down. And instead of worrying about whether or not you're achieving work-life balance, think about whether you're setting yourself up today to achieve your vision for your tomorrow. So there you have it. Work-life balance, real or not real, it doesn't matter. Your vision is what matters. And if you're scratching your head thinking, I want this. I want to define my vision. I want to choose my own adventure and make sure that I'm working toward designing my dream life day by day. But maybe, maybe you want to partner in the process. If that's you, then you're going to want to be a founding member of Next Level Life because that's exactly where we're going to start by defining your big vision for the future and then building. Next Level Life is my brand new group coaching experience launching this fall. You've listened to the episodes and you've implemented what you've learned here and there. But what if you could work directly with me alongside a tight-knit community of like-minded, ambitious women to take yourself, your business, and your career to the next level? Whether you're growing your empire as a small business owner or you're climbing the ladder and shattering glass ceilings, you're invited to be a founding member of Next Level Life weekly coaching sessions, a growing lesson library, private community, and so much more, Next Level Life is the balanced approach to wholehearted living that you've been looking for with me by your side for accountability, encouragement, and motivation. In the last year, I've coached 22 women on their path to living with more confidence, clarity, and intention by helping them define their vision and make the most of their time. Time is our most precious non-renewable resource. And the one thing that all of my clients have in common is that they want to live fulfilling lives with no regrets. They want to grow their business, but also take vacation. They want to get promoted without sacrificing time with their families. They want to work full time, go to grad school, and still have the space to travel. And if that sounds like you, then I would be honored to have you as a founding member of Next Level Life. To learn more about becoming a founding member, visit AnnaDKornick.com forward slash next level to join the waitlist. And I'll be sure to link this in the show notes. I'll be reaching out to the waitlist with details very soon. So make sure you sign up so you don't miss a thing. As always, all of the details from today's episode can be found in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 91. And special thanks to Rachel, Chris, Sarah, Natasha, Shannon, Logan, Lauren, Lauren, and Lindsay for sharing their thoughts about work-life balance with us. All right, that's it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.